0: On episode 18 of the Goblin Trash Masters, we're going to discuss what type of magic player you want to be, how to do an autopsy on a game of magic, and maybe even a bit about the general career trajectory of Christopher Maloney. I'm Kyle, joined by my partner in crime, Anthony. Say hello, Anthony. Let's talk some... hello everyone and anthony and myself and i didn't mention this the last episode but it's shielded the apocalypse anthony i was mad when i finally heard that after traversing the desert (laughs) we could not remember the name of that card but kyle did You want to tell everyone what we're discussing this evening?
1: Uh, Yeah, our first topic that we're going over is one that I think is really important to explicitly go over, and that is thinking about what type of magic player do you want to be? The thing that makes this so important is the same thing that makes it's a concept that I apply to a lot of things in life, and that is that you should begin with the end in mind. You should start doing what you're doing with the end goal in mind that way you can if you have a clear defined goal like that you can evaluate your smaller individual actions and determine are they moving you towards your goal or are they not moving you towards your goal if you don't know
0: where the finish line is how do you know you're even going in the right direction
1: how do you know if you're wasting your time or not
0: yeah i 100 percent agree because when i got back into magic and wanting to play competitively i'm like oh i had a lot of short term goals or just random things i want to do this i want to do that but it really got a lot better when i was like no this is like my main goal top of the mountain this is where i want to be Mm -hmm. and this is where i want to get to everything else figured itself out once i had that concrete goal etched in stone right i want to qualify for this i want to be able to play in these bigger tournaments and that's the best thing you can do to just figure out what kind of player you want to be. It doesn't have to be competitive. It can just be like, hey, I want to be able to play this one deck correctly or I want to play this one deck. It it can be real small or be like super big. I want to win a pro tour. And I I think that your individual
1: goals, like in my mind in Magic, when you say what type of Magic player do you want to be, you're talking about either achievements or how you present yourself. And I like what you're saying, Mm -hmm. so I want to start off with achievements here. And... Setting like a big goal, like the big long term wide goal of, I want to qualify for, I like your, let's say your big goal is, I want to qualify for a regional championship. That's a good goal, but you should break that down and have smaller goals that add up to that. And these goals will look really different from player to player, from situation to situation. But I think all of your goals should be what I call smart goals, which are, Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. They can Mm -hmm. take on all different shapes and sizes. You know you're setting a good goal for yourself if it is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So specific means it needs to be something very focused. You don't want it to be vague or... You want it so that if somebody else reads your goal, you write it down and somebody else reads it, they're like, oh, I understand what this means. Another player.
0: It's not just some randomness yeah. where it's just, right, what do you mean by by this goal? And I think that's, I think the best like, example of what a smart goal is achievable. And it's not so much, oh, no, you can't do that. Like we've talked about this many times where magic, you can get better if you put the work in. Achievable means like you yourself think it's achievable for yourself because you have to put the work in. Yes, just absolutely fall into the weight side. You want achievable. You can be ambitious with your goals and
1: you mm-hmm. should be ambitious with your goals. If you are setting, if you set five goals for yourself and you meet all five of them in your time frame that you set for yourself, you're not setting ambitious enough goals. You need to push yourself a little harder on your goals. There, time bound is really important. Because you set yourself a deadline. That way you can say, I did or did not achieve this measurable goal. And measurable means not saying, I want to punt less. I think I want to punt less is a bad goal. We all yeah. want to punt less, right? Everybody wants to not do that. But that's not specific. <laughs> that's not measurable. It's probably achievable, but how would you know? Exactly. And, and there's yeah. no time frame on it. So instead of, I want to punt less, you can say you can say something more specific. Let's fix up I want to punt less and make it a little bit better. And say I want to identify a point where I would say math is for blockers and just swing and yes. be dead on the backswing. <laughs> I want to successfully identify that and notice it, note it down on my life pad and attack in a way that doesn't leave me dead. And I want to be able to do this. I want to keep track of this and track this for the next two weeks. That's specific, measurable, because you can say, did you notice this or did you not notice this? And you're writing it down. It's achievable, it's relevant, and you have a time frame on it. So like another goal that's too broad is I want to play faster. That's one that I hear a lot from folks They tell me, I want to be able to play faster. And I tell them, how do you eat that elephant? That's a huge, (laughs) that's a huge goal. It's so broad. Yeah. And the answer is one bite at a time. So you fix up that. I want to play faster and you, and you smush that around and you turn it into, I want to finish all of my matches before the end of the round timer this week. Now for you, I don't think that is a, for you, Kyle, I don't think that's a, a great goal because you don't have trouble with that. I think you could set yourself a more ambitious goal.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a great way, like with you saying, I want to play faster, but you should turn it into this, I want to finish my matches before the end of the round timer. It's you really have to think about these things. And I think that comes into me. We're like a, a goal for me is my goals are pretty simple, but there's a lot of, There's a big list to get to those goals. Like a big goal for me is I want to top eight an RCQ. I've done that. Boom. Mm -hmm. I've checked that off the list. The next is I want to at least it's a it's little steps for me. I want to play in the finals of an RCQ. That's my next goal. It's specific. It's a little it's just a step above. Yeah. I I don't want to punt. I want to punt less. It's what specific punt. Do you see yourself? What specific mistakes do you see yourself making? Let's work on those and then go from there. now. I think like
1: I want to play in the finals of an RCQ is a pretty solid goal. I'd even set yourself up and give yourself a time time bound. I'd like to I'd like to play in the finals of an RCQ during season four. And you know what? If you don't make it to the finals of an RCQ during season four, that's okay. You didn't meet that goal. If you. Fail to meet one of these goals, and you look around, you will notice something that nobody has died. Yes. Nothing. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not a good goal if there's no chance you'll fail to meet it. So you want to set yourself a goal. Mm-hmm. Now, I currently have a specific goal in mind that I'm currently working on. My focus for growth right now is I want to, for The season four, my current goal is I want to get no manual dexterity errors. That's a good one. Yeah, I want to get no manual dexterity errors for the entirety of season four. And that's just me. Like sometimes I'll knock a card off or I'll move too fast or I'll be Mm. shuffling and I'll flip a card out or something like that. And that for me is a very specific measurable. I can say, did I do it or did I not? Achievable, relevant, and time-bound. I've given myself a time
0: frame for it. Do
1: you have a super niche goal for yourself on trying yeah, to it, get
0: you to that RCQ finals? It's really funny. It's very. It's a very specific sentence, but it's. It has a broader. It's a basically a broad term, but um, it's remember your shieldra triggers. Okay, so what if we applied that with that smart with that smart goal kind of
1: schema, right? How do we make that specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound? Relevance is good. Specificity is good because that's real narrow, Mm -hmm. right? How do we measure that?
0: Do you miss the trigger? Do you not miss the trigger, right? Yep. It's real (laughs) simple. Shieldred is powerful, but it does two things when it comes to the trigger. And
1: (laughs) the only thing I think we're missing is time bound. So we want to set a goal for you as far as time bound
0: goes for season four. next RCQ this season. Yeah. Season four. Yeah. It also lets me really think about my turns, really calm down, really take a deep breath. I don't like, and your dexterity goal, I think it's a really good one because a lot of us Magic players, we move really fast, whether it's gameplay or like shuffling our cards, all that stuff. When I'm thinking about like, hey, remember your shield or triggers, remember your shield or triggers, it's my little mantra of just saying, Kyle, calm down, Yep, take your time. There is a round clock, but nobody's rushing you the anthony is not behind me going like hey hey hurry up hurry up
1: (laughs) not unless you can read minds no i'm joking (laughs) no i think that keeping your goals like really small is a good way to take a step towards your bigger goal if your goal is Mm -hmm. to if your big long midterm goal is i want to get to the finals of an rcq you can be like i want to not miss any shields or triggers for this whole event. And then you'll notice that as you start checking those smaller goals off, you will be getting closer and closer to your big goal because you have the end in mind and you are thinking about each step you take as you get there. And you know what? Sometimes your goals that you set for yourself aren't always going to move you forward. And that just means that you didn't set the right goal for you. If I really want to work on manual dexterity, and I find that the manual dexterity, I'm consistently achieving that goal, and it's not moving me towards my bigger, longer term goal, then maybe that wasn't what I needed to be focusing on. And that's okay,
0: too. And that's a good way of you figuring out whether your short-term goals will help you in your long-term goals. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing, too. You can We can go back and be like, all right, did this help me going forward? If it's no, all right, go back to the drawing board. If yes, we just keep doing it. And it's a good thing to just have that conversation about is this good? Is this bad? Do I want to set new goals? Do I want to get rid of this goal? Things change. You change. And that's a good thing. It's not always I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. I like to think about it is like your destination, your big
1: long term goal is five miles Mm -hmm. north of you. Every leg of that journey you take, are you moving north? Are you moving south? Are you moving east and west? Because East and West, you can be making progress. You can be going. You're moving. But staying in the same spot. You're not getting any closer to it. To quote Queen Latifah from (laughs) the hit romantic comedy, Last Holiday, sometimes you put your head down and you hustle and you hustle and you look up and you say, how did I get here? Gerard Depardieu played across from her. It was actually really good. And LL Cool J was the romantic interest in that movie. I recommend it. Last holiday, you should watch it. Everyone
0: should watch definitely it. watch it. It's actually not bad. Not-
1: <laughs> I, I love it. It's I think it's my favorite Christmas movie. But we're talking results, right? Another type of magic player you want to be that I think is really worth bringing up. And that is... How do you present yourself in a community sense? How do you present yourself? What type of magic player are you in the community sense, right? Are you Mm -hmm. group dad? Are you rain man? Are you the 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 big organizer with itineraries and spreadsheets? Are you a coach? Are you something else? How do you choose to present yourself in a social situation? So I know where I try to be, but I want to know about you. Where do you put yourself if you had to put yourself in a category of how you interact with the magic community? What kind of role do you like to take on there?
0: I try to be that I try to be the fun group dad, but also the coach. And as much as I can be like the fan, because my big thing is even when I was going to college and figuring out what the hell I wanted to do for a career, things like that, that like the results or like my career or just like the accolades that wasn't something I was focused on I was just focusing on being a good friend a good person a a good coach in a sense or a good colleague for for me being an artist in a sense and same thing with magic I love this community especially our community because when any of our friends top eight no matter what it is there's people cheering Mm -hmm. It like like our success is their success and their success is our success and That's how I want to present myself in this community and as a Magic player where it's just, it's all of us and it's a collaborative effort. And if I'm not making top eights or playing in finals or RCs or anything like that, I'm going to do my best to help whoever is in that position Mm -hmm. to to win, to do well, to be very successful. And that's how I've wanted to present myself. Now it's tough because when I play Magic, I have resting bitch face (laughs) and I always look upset So people are like, wow, that guy's a dick. And everybody's like, no, he's just a big goofy teddy bear. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think of myself in like kind of that cheerleader role where like, I'm a Mm -hmm. lot of people's number one fan. Oh yeah. There's a lot of magic players that there's a lot of magic players. We know that I believe in them more than anyone else believes in them and more than they believe in them for sure. There's a lot of folks that I take on that cheerleader role with. So stepping back and looking at this from that goals perspective right a lot of the time when people i find when people burn out in magic it's because there's like kind of this discontinuity oh that's a magic card between their actions (laughs) and how they envision or how they want themselves to be presented right like there's plenty of people that come to this and they want themselves to be present they want to present themselves as this kind of like end boss kind of character. Yes. So that's fine. That's not where I want to be with it, but there's plenty of people who want to do that sort of thing. It's good to look at what you're doing and say, "Hey, is this helping me get to where I need to go?" If you if your goal is to be the end boss, the one that everyone groans when they get paired into you, yep. Are you getting like flustered? Are you getting like really easily flustered while you're playing because that is a that is an action you're taking that might not really help you towards it. If you feel like you're being presented as the group dad, but that's not really what you want, and you look at it, and the night before the event, you're packing snacks for everybody, (laughs) you're just like, wait, is what I'm doing actually moving me towards what I want, or is it moving me towards something else? If I find a lot of the time when people get burnt out on magic, it's because they are doing things that are not moving them towards this social role they want to put themselves in. So people that really don't want to be the organizer that end up like handling all of the like travel and logistics and stuff for other people feel burned out by that thing. Whereas if there's somebody in your play group that wants to be the organizer, I promise you somebody wants to do that shit. Somebody wants to do it. Yeah. And what might feel like a chore for you is a delight for other people. I don't know. There's lots of there's lots of ways to divide all of the labor that goes on around magic, right? Like in cooking, I absolutely love doing vegetable prep. Absolutely Mm. love it. I find it incredibly relaxing, super soothing, super pleasant. I love, love, love doing it. And then there's some people that are just like really into grilling and things like that. (laughs) So if I need to, if vegetables need to be prepped and, stuff needs to be grilled put me on the vegetable prep right yeah because <laughs> what would be a <laughs> yes. chore for other folks is a delight for me and if you put somebody else on veggie prep and you put me on the
0: grill you just have two unhappy people yeah and that, that's a great way to put it it's like when you want to establish your goals in what kind of magic player you want to be and just it's just in magic in general it's also knowing what you want out of the game What you want out Mm -hmm. of it is a great way to establish your goals. Because if you're just like, oh, I don't really like doing vegetable prep when I cook, but I keep doing it and I'm not, but I like cooking. But if you keep doing the same thing that you don't like within something that you do like, where it's like, hey, I don't like being the organizer when we go to tournaments, then don't do that. Ask somebody who does like Mm -hmm. that. If you're just really about playing magic and doing that, that's fine. Having goals is a great thing, not only to... Like for you to become a better player and you for you to reach those goals and it can show you where you want to go and what you want to be because mm-hmm. you can set these goals and be playing for a couple months and be like, you know what, I don't really want to be a competitive magic player. And that's a good thing mm-hmm. that you actually know what you want and you set a goal, you actually put the work in. And have a real answer to that question like, hey, do I want to do this? We talked about it before uh, on this podcast many a times. If you're not getting what you want out of the game, you're not going to be able to achieve your goals that you've set for yourself. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you're not going to want to do things you don't want to do. You're not going to want to do, wanna do it. it. Yeah.
1: And being I think a lot of people, a lot of burnout that happens because people are inflexible with these goals. I can think of many people that had a goal of achieving this a specific degree of competitive success. And they were not meeting that. And after co- after having conversations with them, I remember at least on two occasions saying, "Are you sure that your goal is to travel and play competitively? Because it sounds like your your what you want out of this might be different than that. Maybe reevaluate that." And in one case, the person reevaluated was just like, "Yeah, I really actually don't like all of that stuff. I just want to just be like competent enough to have a good time at F and M. That's what I want out of this." It's a fine goal to have once they identified that the amount of joy that they found in the game was so much higher because they Mm -hmm. weren't spinning their tires. And then in another Mm -hmm. case, that person just stuck with their mythic championship goal, (laughs) even though they had a terrible time the whole time and. Then eventually, just burnt out and left the
0: game. Yeah, and that's tough. We see it a lot, and that's not really a good thing. No, it's not good. It's not good for yourself, and it's not good for the people around you either. It's not good for anybody. Oh god,
1: the person that's having a miserable time just make just does is so effective at just making everyone else feel miserable around them. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We get it. You are not having a good time. You're not being like realistic with yourself about what your goal should be. And your discomfort and your unhappiness is contagious. And that's one of those things. Don't you don't want to subject other people to that make good, real, achievable goals for yourself. And if they're small and you hit them, set another one. Then if you hit that one, set another one. And if you fall flat, Mm -hmm. adjust that goal to make it easier and then go for it again. And if you're having a bad time, reevaluate that big end, that big long term goal and say, Now that I've done this a bit, is this really what I want? And now that I have a better perspective of what sort of work it's going to take to achieve that thing,
0: is this really what I want? Autopsy time? Autopsy time. Bum, bum. All right. Autopsy time. Rishka Hargitay. Explain. (laughs) All right. We've
1: mentioned autopsy quite a few times, but I realized that we've never actually defined what we mean by that
0: and we apologize Uh, we do this a lot we'll just say words and just not explain yeah so doubling back to talk about an autopsy
1: super simple autopsy Mm -hmm. is a discussion about a game after the fact that analyzes your in-game decisions made where you try to speculate on what the best choice was at any given point so just looking back at a game as analytically and objectively as you can and try to id hey Was what Anthony did in that game right with the available information at the time? Was it not? Was there a better line? What are the other lines? Are they better? Are they worse? Mostly. So there's good autopsies and there's bad autopsies. And I have been very guilty of hosting a bad autopsy (laughs) in the past. This is always uh, something to work towards. What are some things, Kyle, that you think make for a good autopsy?
0: I think it's fact-based and specific details. Mm -hmm. Really take emotion out of it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. You're really just looking at the facts and really trying to dissect what happened, what went wrong, what went right, was there a better way, all those things. And then it has to be away from the event hall. You need some time. Mm -hmm. Not too much, but just enough. Take a deep breath and then just go from there. As we say, take your five minutes, right? take your five minutes yes and when whoever you're talking with explicitly states they want to go over the game that's when you do it like when someone asks you don't be like hey i need to tell you something yeah in a sense because sometimes people like hey i'll come to you or we both agree upon Mm -hmm. it and anthony's favorite picture time yes nap a photo because it's right there. It's no misremembering all that. It's actual evidence right there. And then to finish this up, and we'll go into a little deeper discussion about the good, and then we'll be a little negative. What were you thinking when you did X or Y? Specific. Hey, I saw you do this. Explain. Yeah,
1: it's very different to say, Hey, why did you cast the shieldred instead of? Why did you cast the shieldred instead of terminate? Is a much better thing to happen in an autopsy than, Hey. You shouldn't have played the shieldred there. You had harvester terminate available as a line. You should have done that because that's not what we talk about over and over again is the second example shuts down a discussion. It says no discussion to be had. This is the objective, correct thing that should have been done. And it's different Mm -hmm. from what you did. What you did is all the way over here. And the right thing is all the way over here. And that's not how you have a discussion because no, (laughs) at that point, if I'm hearing that, I'm just like, I either agree with what they're saying or I disagree, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like they want to, they don't want to go back and forth.
0: Hey, you're wrong.
1: I'm right. And then leave. (laughs) Yes. Imagine somebody walks up to you with your red car and they look you dead in the eye and they say, your car is blue. Do you want to, is there a, dis- no explanation. There, is there a discussion to be had there? No, no, there's not. Or can, I just imagine some sitcom family or something and somebody just like the father-in-law goes over to his daughter-in-law and says, you shouldn't have married my son. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who's that helping? Yeah. No I one. Think that <laughs> when you do a good autopsy, you can think about what options were available at the time, what information you had. And they can help you identify if there was a better line, or if you think there was a line that would be better. Mm -hmm. Hey, like there was a time that I was playing around Flusterstorm really hard. I was very concerned Mm -hmm. about Flusterstorm and or Spell Pierce, and I got blown out by an invasive surgery instead. So I had ID'd correctly that I felt like they had one blue interaction spell. Mm hmm. And the autopsy that we did was we looked at it and looked at my opponent's game actions. We had the benefit that this one was on camera.
0: Oh, yeah. We had the benefit (laughs) of this
1: one being on camera. So we got to look and say, hey, with the information that was available to you at that moment, was it could you have played or could you have taken game actions that allowed you to play around this as well? Was it better to play around this or was it better to play around Flusterstorm? And we ID that there were game actions I could have taken that would have allowed me to play around invasive surgery rather than just fluster Mm -hmm. storm slash spell gears. And that that was a good autopsy, right? Because the person talked, we were talking and we discussed it. We got to look at what was going on and figure out what the right line was there or what a better line
0: was there at the very least. And that's the best thing to have when you have an autopsy is to just get better. You learn the Mm -hmm. most from your mistakes. And not everybody will be on coverage or have actual video footage where you can like go back and look at the tape. That's why just snapping a photo of like, Hey, this board state, I want to discuss it with whoever, or like my friends afterwards. So it's all there and you can literally dissect the gameplay and get better. It's not just people talking figuratively dissect Kyle. Oh, I meant literally. (laughs) (laughs) Bum, 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 bum sorry no that was great i thought it. yeah it's just it's about getting better it's about improvement that's why taking emotion out of it is the best thing you can do because nobody's doing this to just talk shit about you or point out your failures things like that they're like hey i saw you made a mistake this is how we're gonna make it better this is how you're gonna get better from this and this is how you're gonna learn and not do this anymore yeah and that's the whole point and that's a good thing yeah
1: and if they are doing it just to make themselves look smarter, then you're not getting anything out of that, and just fucking yeet that
0: player out of your. Yeah. Just get rid of them. Yeah. There's no. Just cut them out of your just, life. Who does <laughs> this? I'm loving all these autopsy jokes. <laughs> excise them.
1: Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those things that, generally speaking, I feel like we've done a great job of curating a group of a main group of players that are really focused on each other's growth, which means that autopsies Mm -hmm. are always, like, all the autopsies we do are done in good faith. And we also have explicitly decided, hey, come to me away from the table whenever you see something. Like, that was, Mm -hmm. that was, that's the big thing for me. It's just like, when you see something, tell me something away from the table. It's up to me to tell you, hey, no, not right now. And there have been times that I've been like, hey, I really... Don't want to discuss this right now. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. And in those situations, we talked about that and avoiding tilt and how to manage tilt and just give Mm -hmm. yourself your five minutes and stuff like that. But for the most part, everyone's just got a standing. Everyone in our group we're in that like cat that broad umbrella of everyone's acting in good faith. I want to hear it. Mm -hmm. You
0: have permission until it is revoked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. It's time to be shitty. Okay, (laughs) I'll have you take away the bad autopsy. All right. (laughs) Bad autopsies. How to do a bad autopsy. We talked about how to make sure your autopsy patient who is alive dies. (laughs) Is that a vivisection at that point? I don't fucking know. Probably. I've listened to a lot of death metal. I should probably know that. answer. Vivisection (laughs) sounds like a really good death metal album name, though no
1: that would be grind core
0: wouldn't it death grind (laughs) extra
1: gross (laughs) so we talked about good autopsies you're questioning right you're really Mm question first on what you're saying you're asking the person questions bad autopsies are declarative and that means that you're saying like wow you suck obviously don't insult the person you're trying to do this with but also you should have done this. You should have done that. This was a bad play. Mm-hmm. And now you can ask questions in a negative way, but that more has to do with what, how you're saying it. Did you forget Spellpierce existed is technically a question. Yeah. And also
0: relationship with the people you're speaking with matters too. Sure. <laughs> sure. I think generally. If you're trying to do
1: self-improvement, even if you're super close to that person, if you're trying to help them with something, then I don't think questions that are really secretly declarative statements dressed up like a question are the way to go. Mm -hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with riffing with somebody. That's fine. Like, I do that plenty. Other people do that with me plenty. That's fine. But I wouldn't call that an effective autopsy if that's the case. No. For example... We were talking about a play in which in Return to Ravnica Standard, we were playing a Jace Architect of Thought mirror. And mm-hmm. I detention sphered their Jace Architect of Thought with my Jace Architect of Thought in play. Oh, no. And we talked about that, that play afterwards. And I believe the phrase that mm-hmm. came up was, yours too, big guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and not an effective autopsy was pretty fucking funny. It was pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> Also, bad autopsies happen just right where it happened in front of the opponent. I'm mm-hmm. super guilty of this. This is the one that I always try to avoid is where I just like, because the thing about an autopsy that is effective is the person that's being, the game that's being autopsy, the person that piloted that, they, you don't want them to feel defensive because then nobody benefits from this. And if you are talking to mm-hmm. them about the game directly in front of their opponent, they're going to get defensive and they're going to explain to you why oh yeah but that didn't make a difference on the outcome okay we've talked Mm -hmm. about that we hate that or Mm -hmm. they'll get defensive and start looking for reasons after the fact to justify why they did what they did rather than trying to remember why they did what they did bad autopsies are vague yeah you're not benefiting if you're just like yeah i think if you had tried to be a little bit more aggressive if you had tried to turn the corner a bit earlier, okay, who's, what does that mean? Who the fuck at is that what helping? point, at what point, <laughs> what turn?
0: Yeah. Like,
1: why are you telling me this? Nah. This is just dumb. That's a waste of everyone's time. I don't have any patience for that shit. And if somebody's like asked for space and you are following them or they haven't set up something with you where mm-hmm. they want it, where they're wanting it, consent is important. Um, yes.
0: But seriously, consent is important no matter what it is.
1: So don't be chasing people around because at that if you're doing that, if you're chasing people and trying to give them input on something and they haven't asked for it, it makes me think that their growth is not your priority there. The priority there is something else. The priority there is probably you trying to be smarter than them. Yep. And for the love of fucking God, bad autopsies always involve the guy, the thing, the trample. The guy one. with trample. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the trample one. The
1: the, the big one. The green one and the mono green. Yeah, yeah. They're planeswalker. Have the fucking card names. If you are going to talk to somebody through a turn, have the card names ready to go when you talk to them. Because if you spend a shit ton of time remembering card names, you're not actually doing decision analysis. You're just trying to remember card names. And Mm -hmm. that's what the car ride there and back is for. Playing those weird magic word games. Yes. (laughs) And these games... You have access to a lot of information while you're playing magic. What you don't have access to is information that you will have gotten future perfect. The future perfect tense. That's what it is. future
0: perfect tense. Yes. Okay.
1: The future perfect. The future. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually super relevant. So the future perfect tense is a verb tense used for actions that will be completed before some other point in the future. The parade will have ended by the time Chester gets out of bed. At eight o'clock, I will have left. Right? It sounds silly, but think about like Miracles versus Elves in Legacy as an Mm -hmm. example. Okay. You don't make game actions based on the blind flip terminus that they have on top of their deck. Right? So if you're doing an autopsy on that match, you don't say oh, playing out those other two creatures was wrong because there was a terminus on top. Or specifically to use that future perfect tense, because they will have drawn a terminus. You did not know when you played those things, you did not have that information available to you. So you can't make a decision based on information that you will get in the future. So when you're doing an autopsy, you got to put yourself in the right space in time.
0: Yeah, it's the hindsight is 2020. 20. Oh my God, that's t- so t- much t- better t- than
1: mine. I was just like this, this grammatical tense. <laughs> We're going to relate it to that. Anthony, this is not your experiences are not universal. <laughs> no one else cares about this as much as
0: you do. I like when you do it. You seem very passionate about it, and you are very smart. So go for it. <laughs> it was it was awesome. It's actually a, a really good point too, because it's with the the blind information and the information that you actually know. Mm-hmm. Where it's just there's a lot of odd types. Of, hey, why did you do this play? It's like I knew they had this. Oh, here's an example. It was I was actually playing Anthony, and we were just talking after the game. It was in Pioneer. I was playing Rakdos. He was playing Mono Green. And I swing with Shieldred and I attack Anthony instead of the Karn. And one of our friends is like, hey, I saw you did that during the game. Why didn't you attack the Karn? So I thought season before I knew he had another one. I, at this point, I just want to get him dead. Because I know if Karn dies, it's like I just I just wasted an attack. Because you're yeah. going to play it again.
1: The attack is worth 4 damage. Attacking the Karn is worth 4 mana. And like yep. you were deciding what was important Based on the information you had at that time. Yeah. And now, if, now, if the, in that, imagine that situation again, but the top card of my deck is, the top card of my deck is the Sky Sovereign. And somebody asked you, why wouldn't you attack the Karn? Because the next turn they were able to play Sky Sovereign and then plus the Karn to keep it as a blocker. And, That would be a good example of they're trying to autopsy that game, but ask you a question. They're asking you why you did not consider information that was not yet available to you at the time you made the decision.
0: Which is an impossible decision to make. Yeah. And it's usually a
1: sign that somebody's and that's I find that is the most common fail state for these post game Mm -hmm. autopsies is people have trouble thinking about where things are temporally what something looks like at each stage of the game. It's hard to do. Functionally, functionally, we don't, we're not, as humans, we're not great at ignoring specific information that we know because we shouldn't have known it yet. Go back and be like, okay, five minutes ago, I did not know that my DoorDash order was going to be late. So imagine yourself five minutes ago, but current you that's imagining this knows your DoorDash order is going to be late. It's really hard to do. It takes a lot of practice. Mm. And if you are having trouble with it, I definitely just recommend learning a- asynchronous JavaScript programming. Just start multi-threading, man. It makes it, I can tell you right now that as I have been, as I have been coding, I have gotten much, much better at this. It's all just one and zeros
0: <laughs> Anthony's in the matrix. <laughs> oh my God. You remember that fucking movie grandma's boy. Oh my God. Oh my God. So my, my experience with that movie is not so much the movie is the fact that there is, there was a straight edge hardcore band called arm for battle that got famous because right before a breakdown in their opening song or their debut EP fucking Nick Schwartz and the comedian from that movie just goes, hey, shit's weak. And then boom breakdown. That's why I love that movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's, i'm sorry i really don't
1: like techno you would if you had robot ears that's a good one also worth oh noting about grandma's boy is grandma's boy is the exact type of movie that you would get the worst blowjob you've ever experienced in your life while that dvd menu is just looping in the background
0: oh my god it's
1: it very specific but i feel like that's a good way to describe that movie you're just like it's like one of those
0: things you basically just described the movie yeah like that is honestly the best description of grandma's boy
1: I've <laughs> ever what the fuck oh. it's just it just feels like one of those things that just like you put that on you're just like yeah we've got grandma's boy on dvd okay yeah like whatever go for it or i guess edward scissorhands menu if she's real spooky or
0: nightmare before christmas
1: Oh no, if you are getting Head While Nightmare Before Christmas, menu is looping in the background, she's too young for you, bro. What the
0: fuck? Oh, if she didn't if she doesn't know that Kel loves orange soda, she's too young for you, bro. Wait, why is this always where our conversations go to just random fucking nonsense? Also, didn't when did Nightmare Before Christmas come out? Like something I don't know, it was the 90s, right? Oh wow,
1: yeah. Everyone in the, everyone born in the 90s is in the clear-to-go category, right? Yes, Anthony. <laughs> they're under the down-to-clown umbrella?
0: Yes, they're in the down-to-clown umbrella. Because, Anthony, I was born in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, everyone born in the 90s is at least 30, right? No, at least 24.
1: Oh, yeah, because they could have been born in, like, the mid-90s. That's right, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like 90 to 99.
1: Okay, but like 99. 99's cutting it pretty close. That's not ah, fast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The down to clown umbrella. Get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm going to go re-listen to this and see if this is acceptable. But but just in general. Oh, we're not going back for any autopsy content. Absolutely not. No, there's, there's, no. There's, there's no saving that. You want to just go to the guessing game? No, I got more shit to say about Grandma's boy. I think one of my favorite moments in Grandma's boy is where Velma from Scooby Doo does the
0: uh salt and peppers here song oh shit, yeah. yeah, that's when they all get like shitty at Grandma's house.
1: <laughs> yeah, was that the was that was the time where his grandma drank all his
0: weed, yes they found that awful tea in that tin <laughs> and they got the munchies i like how whenever like somebody's
1: like programming something in one of these movies from this era when things go wrong the characters heads like pop off or whatever it's just oh mm-hmm. no this isn't working right but i wish that would be what happened when i fucked up at work instead i just see a blank white screen I'm just like, well, I you did something just, wrong. You just w-
0: wish your head would explode like a robot.
1: Or I something? wish that there would be some cool animation. Also, just in general, in general, I wish that there were more like I, I wish like incorrect passwords would have the Jurassic Park thing. There where, where Norman or Newman. From Not, uh, like, uh. ah, You didn't say the <laughs> magic uh, word.
0: You didn't say the magic word.
1: <laughs> it comes up too often with me. But the movie Swordfish is a good example
0: oh yeah with holly berry like that movie
1: you didn't like it and i'll tell you why because it was real bad yes but no no that's it end of story that's it no but (laughs) nope that movie was just that movie was just really bad but for a movie that's that bad i talk about it an awful lot it comes up in conversation more than it should because it was like that movie the script for that movie had to have been like Somebody with bad eyesight got to look at a script for a similar type of movie, but had to do it like really quick. And they were just like, "I got the general gist of it."
0: I, I got the gist of it. Yeah, it's it's good. And then they just fuck it. We'll they do. just
1: <laughs> yeah. They just did a bunch of the things that you expect from the like. It had all the trappings of the genre, but there wasn't anything there. If you because if you look at that movie, nothing, nothing super happened.
0: Yeah. No. It was literally just like somebody watched a movie like it and just said, yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah.
1: It wasn't sufficiently transformative. And I think that like you can be derivative and transformative and it's pleasant. Like I love Wuthering Heights. Emily Bronte squad for the win. And you know what else? Sufficiently transformative. Twilight. Derivative of Wuthering Heights. This is the skin of a Bella of
0: a Bella. This is the skin of a killer Bella. (laughs) This is the skin of a Bella killer. Yeah, (laughs) I can't talk. Anthony has the big words. I'm just cute. And then
1: (laughs) even more of a derivative, but not sufficiently transformative was where Twilight was Wuthering Heights fan fiction. 50 Shades being Twilight fan fiction. I was just like, okay, but you're not doing anything with this.
0: This is just Twilight (laughs) with spanking does, do people want that? Probably. Not, I'm not here to but judge. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want to watch it, but people can.
1: Yeah. In like, just like the general, like zeitgeist of human interest, relating it to like Goldilocks and the three bears, Wuthering Heights was mm-hmm. a little too old and 50 shades of gray was a little too, whatever the hell that was. And twilight ended yep. up being just right <laughs> until that adult man fell in love with that baby
0: yeah what the fuck
1: was this that? is why you don't let mormons write shit yeah fair <laughs> because i just i'm not a big fan of the fact that of the fact that the self-insert character of bella got to fall in love with and marry a boy who would be 17 years old forever literally any of those implications would be gone if he was like that brand new song and just stayed eighteen forever, that would be a different story, right? But there and it wouldn't have impacted any other plot points really. But there was a deliberate choice to make herself insert characters' romantic interests never reach the age of legal majority. Creepy. Don't like it.
0: Yeah, don't like it, and I will have another example just so we're not just shitting on something that people don't really enjoy. It happened in Lord of the Rings too. Arwen saw Aragorn as a child and said, yep I'm in love with him. Ma'am you're gonna live forever and that's a boy. Stop it. (laughs) Okay
1: groomer. Yeah yeah, hot takes Arwen and Aragorn. The magic card that's going to be released. Mm -hmm. It's a positive representation of grooming. They're not minus-one counters. It's not negative representation.
0: Stop. Oh, my God. You really had to make a magic joke with it. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, it's a magic ostensibly, podcast, well, duh. Ostensibly, <laughs> this is
1: a Magic the Gathering
0: podcast.
1: Oh, shit, it is? I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> not just a podcast where Anthony convinces people that Twilight was good, actually.
0: No, seriously, guys. It was really good. Stop yelling at me.
1: <laughs> Listen. I think that if Twilight's fan base were, was 30-year-old men and the content were, were exactly the same, then it would not have the cultural hate that it has now. But it does have cultural hate because culturally, we love to shit on anything that is liked yeah. major- in majority
0: by women. Yes, Because people are terrible, Anthony. They listen to Coldplay and voted for the Nazis. you can't trust people. You can't trust people. All right. You've got one TV show or
1: movie recommendation to hit me with. The Last Kingdom. Is that the one with... I want to say Veronica Burton, but that's not right.
0: It's a Netflix original show, and it's a historical piece about this... One character, Uhtred, who was raised as a Saxon, or no, uh, born a Saxon, raised as a Dane, and it's his life story, and it is fantastic. Ooh, very cool. I do like the vibe of that. That sounds very nice. It's a great series. Five seasons. They're finishing it off with a movie that comes out in April. I cannot recommend it enough, and the actor, I always forget his name, but the actor that plays Uhtred is great in the role, and god Sexy as is hell. it one of the stars <laughs> guards? No, but it would be a show that all of them would be in. Okay. <laughs> like honestly, yeah. Speaking of sexy vampires,
1: is this is a hint for the guessing game. Oh no, I was just thinking about True Blood again. Mm. <laughs> oh man, one of her love interests in that series was was a Confederate soldier. Yeah, that whole series was pretty weirdly pro Confederacy. Oh no. Ew. Yeah, it oh. was actually just like pretty damn friendly. The love interest was interviewed by the daughters of the Confederacy because he was a Confederate soldier, and they're just like, "Ah, was it true blood?" Yeah.
0: Why well, don't I remember this?
1: Oh, because as a self-preservation instinct, your brain has erased all memories of that
0: <laughs> fucking show. You're just like, I can't, I cannot handle this trauma, so I'm going to repress it. There's too many memories in here. Just flush the true blood ones. Nobody needs those. It's just because like, right
1: around when Christopher Maloney showed up on that series, (laughs) is about when people started being like, oh, wait, this is actually terrible, isn't it? All right, I have a series recommendation for you. And the good news is you can watch this directly on YouTube. It is free. You can just go to Dead Parrot and watch it. And that is... Peep Show.
0: Why does that sound familiar?
1: Peep Show is a comedy about two friends and roommates that is shot entirely
0: in the first person. Yes. Oh, man. I need to watch that because I kept seeing clips from it and be like, this show is weird. I want to watch more. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It involves two friends, Mark and Jeremy, and they're like roommates and they kind of navigate through life in their own very different ways. But it's always told in the shot in the first person, as in at any moment in time, what you are seeing is you are seeing the story unfold through one of their eyes or one of their one of their perspectives. At one point, to avoid an awkward situation, one of them eats a burned dog, a burned dog. Yeah, a woman's dog was burned up in a fire. And in an attempt to hide it, he had brought the dog in a bag and she saw him on the bus and thought it was barbecue and tried to eat some and he couldn't allow her to eat any. So he started eating. Oh, thank God. So they found till she found the collar, her dog's collar.
0: Oh no. Oh my God. That's. Oh, I can't, I can't recommend peep show enough. I'll have to definitely watch that. That's, Guy ate a burnt dog. I got to watch that.
1: On to our guessing game segment. Guessing game. All right. And this one is going to be another future site. And as a reminder, this is a segment in which Kyle and I both have a card in mind. And we try to get each other to guess our card, giving a few hints. If we can't get it based on the hints we're given, we're allowed to ask each other yes or no questions to get a feel for what it is. And the topic today is cards standard cards that are underrated going into RC San Diego regional championship. San Diego is coming up. It's probably going to be the wrap up the day before this episode releases. So we get to see how right or wrong we are about Mm -hmm. cards, about what cards we think are going to be that are going to outperform where they are right now. So For some context in standard right now, it's pretty universally assumed that the best card in standard is Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Yep. And followed by Rafine, Wedding Announcement,
0: and Bankbuster. Bankbuster.
1: So these are cards that I wouldn't consider them to be underrated standard cards. So if they do really well and any of these cards win the event, everyone would be like, yeah, that makes sense. We're thinking of our, what are cards that are going to rise in value? this that that weekend so i've got one do you have one ready to go
0: i uh, i got one all right
1: you go first i'm thinking of goes into what is making its way into what i think is arguably the front runner deck in the format of esper legends hmm. okay and it's another goddamn three drop that deck has so many, like, good three drops to choose yeah, from. Yeah, there's a
0: lot. And I assume it's a legendary creature? It is a legendary creature. Okay. Is it white? Is it multicolor? No. Okay. Legendary creature in standard. Oh, man. that's. Is it red? It's Esper, so no. So it's either blue or black. So is it blue?
1: No. Although you could so say Unctus is a runner-up in this category.
0: Huh. It's a three drop. Is its power more or less than three? Its power
1: is neither more nor less than three. So it's three. So
0: what? It's a three drop. But did you tell me it was oh, three? I just think that the way I answered that was absurd and ridiculous. Oh. And well, that's how you answer most things. Come on. Oh my god. Black 3 tro-
1: I'll give you another hint, is that we were both pretty I I hyped it. about it when it was when it was spoiled. We felt like it was a really it was a really good spot, but we also put it on being a continuance in of the mono blacks progression
0: of getting better and better. Is Yogmoth in the title of this card? Yes. Gix. That's right. Yep. Whoa, I think I love it. I
1: love it. <laughs> I think Gix is looking pretty well positioned. I think that everyone's kind of going to be ready. Esper Legends decks that are going like really low to the ground and trying very hard to get in under everybody are going to struggle, whereas the ones that are able to go a little bit bigger and grind out a bit more are going to do well. And I think Gix and some more two drops help. Like you have your Thalia's and you have your Denix, of course. But I think Suspicious Stowaway and Gix are really good friends. Ooh, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like. That. I've I like that. Yeah. I've done a lot of Skrelv into Stowaway into Gix attack. Ooh, ooh, fan me off. That sounds awesome. elude <laughs> untap, play my fourth land, leave up, leave up Plaza of Heroes, and or interaction ask the turn flip your guy flip your stowaway into a seafaring werewolf it i like that version of the deck it feels more disruptive it feels more like i can push my opponent into a positive exchange for me
0: and less like Mm -hmm. i just have to shove. and you know you still have the same game plan with all the legendaries and you can still turn on your channel lands have them be one mana most of the time Mm -hmm. which is just love it great pick all right what about you all right. Mine, I'll give you one hint. Look at that big old slippery boy. Big old slippery boy.
1: Oh, I think I should know this one. Is it Slowgurk? No, but that's good. That was a good <laughs> with my one hint. Because I was thinking there's like a big slogurk, like a bug legendary deck. there's like a bug legendary deck with slow and just maxed out on channel lands that i was Mm -hmm. thinking might be good is this a creature yes
0: is it a creature that goes into the grixis control deck no not currently but i could see it played there i'll give you another one you're never casting it for its full mana cost
1: slippery boy that has mana reduction and it could go in Grixis. So is it a black card? No. Oh. Is it? Okay. Is it? it, it okay. 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 Is it an artifact creature?
0: No, but yeah, <laughs> I can see why you would think that. It might go into it. Might go into Grixis. It probably won't, but I could see someone putting it in that deck. Mm-hmm. It is seeing play in a meta deck, but I don't think enough
1: okay is it seeing some play in okay so we were talking about colors is is it blue yep okay a blue creature is its mana cost less than three more okay it's more than three it i really like oh, this wait, oh wait wait okay, okay does it have ward is it talarian terror Yes. Okay, yes. I think that card is very good. I think that card is Gurmag Angler, but... But better. But, it, yeah. Oh, my God. But it also doesn't take stuff out of the graveyard, so you get to benefit from stuff being in your graveyard. Germag mm-hmm. Angler, you can, you don't want to put, like, a bunch of flashbacky stuff in your deck because you were delving it away. But this mm-hmm. one, it's just, hey, I want you to put stuff into your graveyard, and you can do stuff with the stuff in your gra- graveyard as well.
0: I yeah, think that's I, great. I love this card, obviously. Like I've played a ton of the mono blue tempo deck in this standard. And I've seen so many lists where they don't play it or they play one. And I'm sitting here going, why? It's just too good. It's it like Anthony said with the Gurmag Angler comparison. Like you the fact that you can just play two of these for two mana and you just ha- and you just establish such a clock and you you have you ask your opponent, can you beat this? And you're playing mono blue, so you got to grip a counter spells. So if they're going to try anything, and it's got ward, so just turn those big terrors sideways. I think this card at least needs to be a three of in the mono blue deck. Yeah. And four, because it's just too... I don't think you can dip below four.
1: I think that the four of that and the four haughty gens are your bare minimum. And then you can play... Oh, bare minimum, yeah. Up to mm-hmm. four more threats, and they can be delvers or ledger shredders, depending on how grindy you want to be. I like that pick an awful lot, and I think that mono blue deck is has potential to be moving some stuff around. It just struggles so much against with the haughty gins and against Igonjo is the one scary thing for yeah. it It's
0: really scary yeah because it's the one thing that the deck literally can't interact with like, like you have to like you have to shore up or you have to do butt stuff, slip out the back.
1: Uh, for people who don't play Magic with Anthony regularly. <laughs> yeah. It's the main motivation with playing Mono Blue Spirits in Pioneer is you get to just put a slip out the back on the stack and you say, but stuff. And just stare at your
0: opponent until they say something. Yeah. And then you put a plus one counter on stuff. Positive representation. Signing off from Lexington, I'm Kyle. I'm Anthony. And until next week, do us a favor. Stay trashing, my friend.
1: If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say.
0: You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't
1: it? Oh, shut the fuck up.